Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 173rd episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. This is Jonathan's 51st appearance on the podcast. For a complete list of his previous appearances, check the show notes. Jonathan graduated with a B.A. in History from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now, on to the show. I'm having my evening IPAs. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Well, we, we just recorded last night, but I just think we, you know ought to comment on what happened this morning in this morning korea time i guess america time at night but mm-hmm. with the death of michael brooks of the mm-hmm. majority report and the, the michael brooks show there mm-hmm. now he was the uh weekend person on the majority report that's right i mean he was a you know co-host almost constantly mm-hmm. and stuff and you know i don't know lately he may have been taking a little bit more time off just because he was doing his own show and stuff but you know, I don't know. I didn't really follow the day to day, but what I do know is that the guy was a, a show mainstay on the Majority Report for you know as long as I've been watching it. I think since his, which mm-hmm. is like probably since about 2015 to 2014ish around that time at least, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is not too long after he came on the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I mean, you know, like the Young Turks and stuff, I mean, the Majority Report has been pretty much just a daily thing, you know, if like I'm, you know, hanging out at home at night, listening to some news or whatever, I'm listening to them. If I'm mm-hmm. getting ready in the morning, getting my shower, I've got something on I'm listening to, quite often it's them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, the guy's been a, a pretty much daily, uh, you know, news source, commentary source, source of entertainment for many, many years for me. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, it's personal and shit that this guy died. We don't know how he died. Mm-hmm. I saw something about a, a heart embolism or something potentially, but that's, you know, unconfirmed at this point and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's like a friend died. It's mm-hmm. it's literally like that is what it feels like and stuff. And, you know, and we don't have, you know, as direct a connection to the guy as, you know, people who, you know, his family or people who work with him or whatever and stuff. But it's just like... Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think if you just take a look at Twitter, you're going to see there's a lot of people out there feeling pretty similarly to how we feel right now. Right. Yeah. Well, I mentioned to you, this is like two years ago or so, um, that I had a listener tell me that they started listening to the show because of he had been recommending it to people. So yeah, no, I checked it. It was uh, I checked. I went back in our messages to find mm-hmm. out when that was because I remembered that. And that was May of 2019, so it was okay. a little over a year ago. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he shouted it out on the show or he or said something on social media or what, but apparently he was a listener and he uh, directed other people to the show as well, which I definitely appreciate. That, so. that was a huge moment for me mm-hmm. because, like Bob, I mean, you know, you're this is your show, and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you do all the. Um, you know, the diagnostics on who's listening and where they're listening from and how long they're listening and, you know, what whatever all that stuff is. I have no idea who our audience is. I have extremely little concept. <laughs> you know, I'm shouting into the void here. I don't know who I'm talking to. But when you mentioned that Michael Brooks from the daily the the the, the, the majority report had had apparently recommended us somebody, I'm like, holy shit, he knows who we are. He knows mm-hmm. what we're saying. He's heard our show at least once and he mm-hmm. you know 
felt worthy of recommending it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that like, in my mind, that put us on, a, like, a level. I'm not saying we're on the level of, like, you know, these premier, we do a good job, but mm-hmm. journalistically, I think we, you know, you do you do your utmost to keep it journalistic and everything, but, mm-hmm. you know, just to even be on their radar at any mm-hmm. level is just unbelievable. Yeah. And so... I would say for the past year, at least, I mean, just like, you know, when I have to think about who is my audience, you know, it's mm-hmm. not really my family. I don't know. Maybe it's some of my friends. Maybe it's you and me. Maybe it's <laughs> like the type of people like us back in college who might have been listening to something like this. Mm-hmm. But for the last year, it's definitely been that there's always been the thought in the back of my mind. Michael Brooks could be hearing this. Oh, yeah. You know, that's I mean, that's that's been a persistent thing you know and there was always the thought you know if we got big enough or something if we got on the map somehow mm-hmm. like if we were to do a collaboration show with them or we were able to you know get together and pick their brains and now that's never going to happen i know right and i would encourage you to reach out to that listener mm-hmm. who was you know who was forward to the show and stuff mm-hmm. i think it was a canadian woman i, I looked back mm-hmm. at it and stuff yeah and just ask her like how did you hear about us? How did he recommend it? I mean, do you know him personally or did he right. like, just shout it out on the show or you right. know, what was the nature of this? Because, you know, we're never going to hear it from him. Sure. You know, <laughs> the, my thought always was, and maybe it's a little self-aggrandizing if we got big enough, maybe someday we'd, we'd be in a position where we could ask him like, mm-hmm. how did you hear about us? Why did you right. recommend us? Like, right. you know, like what episodes were, you know, catching your mm-hmm. attention? What kind of stuff were you listening to there? Right. Like, there's just so many questions, you know, as DMX once said, some questions go unanswered. That's what I'm afraid of. Right. <laughs> right. But it was, it was definitely a cool experience to know that somebody on that level was paying attention to what we were doing. So that definitely gave me a boost. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the guy's the guy's been a daily part of my immediate consumption for yeah. five or six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, the, the the sadness of knowing that I'm never going to hear another one of his jokes, another one of his great impressions. The guy does great impressions. And frankly, mm-hmm. I'm one thing I've been kind of disappointed in the past, like six months or so, is he's really backed away from the impressions a lot. And he's gotten a huh. lot more kind of like, you know, deep mind on some stuff in some ways and stuff. And, and you know, he and I, we probably would not agree on everything, mm-hmm. um, you know. I think, like, economically and geopolitically, I think there's some stuff we would just not, you know, and I think that's partially a function of me living outside of America for so long and just, mm-hmm. like, seeing how, you know, things are out here to some degree and right. you know, what else is out there and stuff like that. And I just, but, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, but I miss, what I'm saying is, like, I miss some of the impressions a lot. He's, he didn't do them a lot. I don't know if Sam kind of wanted to did he do? cut the, down on those or not, but... What what impressions did he do on the show? He oh god, what did he do? He did like right wing right wing Mandela. <laughs> he would he would do like Nelson Mandela in the voice of a right winger, as though like he was on the right winger side. He would do um But Sam, I am troubled by a lack of seriousness in the GOP field that I see. Really? All of these candidates are true patriots who clearly would like to save America from the destructive liberal socialist tendencies of President Obama. 
However, I see a lack of seriousness when it comes to foreign policy and family values that is lacking in the field. Really? What is it that you uh, feel is lacking specifically? I think, as I say, a, a measure of seriousness when it came to foreign policy and a willingness to confront the Islamic threat. See, many people don't recognize, Sam, that there is evil in the world. <laughs> no, I think people, yeah, I think that's probably And I think if you look at my you don't think that the Republican experience set and skills that I bring to the table, as so I wait continue, a second. Are you suggesting that uh, you, right-wing Nelson Mandela, are going to run for the Republican primary nomination? I know that liberal hosts like to interrupt and be disrespectful, <laughs> and I will be painted into a corner. Comments I made about Buju Banton being correct about gay people will be distorted. All sorts of things will come my way. But I have received a message from God. <laughs> Saying that I must run. So God So is it is today that I am announcing later <laughs> that I will formally create an exploratory committee <laughs> to see if a run could be what this country needs to save it from creeping socialism. Wow. An open border and terrorists at our front door who do no longer believe in American strength. It is breaking news. Right-wing Nelson Mandela has announced that later today he will announce that he's going to announce an exploratory committee. An exploratory, that is correct. God has told me to fill out the waters. How do you, okay. how do you feel about Rick Santorum running for president? I mean, he's the guy who brought you into All the spotlight. All right, let's take a break. Right let, me go, let me pick up a phone call here. Hold on, we'll get back to Nelson Mandela. We already this did the breaking news. With regard to my dear friend, Rick Santorum, <laughs> whom I like and respect, I will say this, that my private income, and I have been very blessed in that regard <laughs> by God, my own work ethic as a job creator and private citizen, I never made money as a lobbyist. And Rick Santorum, who frankly has a very undistinguished record in the Senate, Spent years lobbying, and I don't know what his positions were in the 80s. Frankly, I was fighting against the feminist agenda in South Africa. <laughs> I was fighting to maintain traditional marriage against everyone from gays to Zulus. Uh. I don't know what Rick Santorum was doing. <laughs> when I was on Robben Island... What is... <laughs> Is this just Same. for the Foster Freeze primary? I mean, why are you going after Rick Santorum? It's like, it's like, I understand he coined right wing Mandela, yeah, but I mean, no even coining. still, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, shooting at the elephant and aiming for the tail. Well, first of all, let me say this: I respect Foster Freeze tremendously. <laughs> as a job <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. He would do Muslim Brotherhood, Obama, or something like. Uh, hello? Rise and shine, little devil, this is Barack Obama. How did you get this line, Mr. President? Never mind, little bitch, you got mail. Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, the little swine that created Facebook. It's a pleasure oh. to talk to you. How are you? You bring community together, you're helping white people sex to each other in a different platform today? I, I, I th yes. Uh, look, 
uh, Mark, you, you know as well as I do that I, I tend to try to leave the devil's business to his own. If you all want to kill each other over Facebook, that's fine. It's my job to teach the black man his true nature and keep him off of that platform and get him onto world star, baby, world star. But look, you and I both know that white people are very gullible and, uh, and stupid. So I was very troubled uh, to find that you had said with regards to fake news, which is why we have, of course, the true devil that you're afraid of. I don't care about. Trump could be president for all you white people for all day, for all I care. But I know you're scared about it. You wanted Hillary. But yet you said just the other day in the paper that the idea that fake news was part of the election, fake news on Facebook, was crazy. What the fuck do you mean by that, Mark? I go over there and slap you upside the head? In retrospect, uh, you know, we are trying to manage this issue. That wasn't the best way for me to put it. But, you know, uh, we're trying to simultaneously give people a voice and, and also you know, make people heard. Yeah, give, give people a voice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great, Mark. Look, look, Mark, let me explain something to you. If a black man who has been historically disenfranchised believes that the AIDS was created by the CIA, what, what do you call that, Mark? Uh, I, I, I have not come across The that. truth, because it was created by the motherfucking CIA and the white man. Now, white devils, what do they do all day during election season? They send around memes with fake quotes by popes around about sex at pizza parlors and some true ones about my Islamic faith. But you got my point, Mark. Do you think white people are gullible? I think this is a huge problem on, on a global scale that I think can be addressed. Hey, look, Mark, you have a responsibility to your people and i do mean your people to not spread these news stories white people can't handle it their brains are filled with mayonnaise and putty and american cheese i'm going to tell them that hillary's a lesbian with huma abedin they're all going to believe it maybe that one's true but you, you take my point like we are being proactive on this and we we hope to reconcile uh deep uh, down you know by letting you want a little private nsa data mining operation that you're winning a whole entire war on the white devil better than the prophet elijah muhammad ever did so at the very least you could keep them from believing fake meme quotes and fake morgan freeman quotes the fuck is the matter with you mark only in the white devil society could a little freak like that get this far <laughs> and you know as if like he'd do a great obama impression where like um you know this right-wing fat fantasy that obama was just this you know this guy who was trying to impose sharia law inside america and how <laughs> he hated the white devils and everything like i mean he had this whole <laughs> the shtick of these two characters and he had other ones too and stuff so he had good trump impressions he had good dave rubin impressions i mean he was all over the place <laughs> when you said you were thinking about people's policies and records and i was picturing you doing like very diligent research and thinking about it and then this dumb voice went off in my head and it was just like i'm just really interested in your ideas <laughs> well i mean i'm really hoping that he's looked into bolsarnio um <laughs> and, you know, made a decision about whether or not he supports him i mean that that video was pretty incredible i love that you tweeted it isn't that fucking unreal and then what i liked is that in that video, we played it last week on the show, so most people know what I'm talking about. But basically, uh, and but please watch. Anna did an incredible video, just demolishing Dave Rubin, and also, by the way, doing a great explanation of uh, the Lula case and everything that's been happening in Brazil. Please go watch that. But he appeared on a pro Bolsonaro uh, propaganda YouTube channel, and then he got a question about it from his audience, 
And it was specifically with regards to clear-cutting the Amazon. And he was like, and I knew, and it was funny because I figured like, oh, he'll get a question like that. And he'll be like, I don't know, I need to read more. But he did like, eh, SJWs in the schools, blah, blah, blah. And, but he did use the like, I don't know enough about clear-cutting in the Amazon. And I saw today, though, that he was bitching on Twitter about like, I don't know, family guy isn't going to do gay jokes. Anyway. Some, some shit that like, honestly, I wouldn't even know one way or another if I wasn't looking to make fun of Dave Rubin. And I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, I guess like, his Amazon clear-cutting reading time obviously got interrupted by the fucking breaking news that Seth MacFarlane's like cartoon that is apparently still running on television isn't going to do like 2005 gay jokes anymore. Like, way to keep your eye on the ball, buddy. That's funny. So I, yeah, I strongly recommend going into the back catalog because he had some great stuff. He mm-hmm. he had a really good Bill Clinton impression. I can see Bill Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton loses his shit during these things. I'm surprised he hasn't oh, yeah. been out. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing. Bernie Sanders killed Vince Foster and we covered it up at the time because we were trying to be allies of socialists in America. I said, Hillary, why do you think Bernie killed Vince Foster and dragged his body to the park? And she said, well, because Vince wanted people to have choice about their health care. So Bernie killed him. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think uh, Bill's been kind of quiet <laughs> for the past eight months or so. Remember when he wrote that thing in, was it Washington Post and New York Times? That's just like, a, like a, you know, keep the economy going, guys. Like just the most generic. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the midterms are good. No, yeah, he wrote that thing that looked like it sounded like it was written in 1990. Like it was literally like 1995. Like it was like AOL is entirely changing how we communicate. Yeah. We are entering an information superhighway. <laughs> And by the way, I'm not in hiding because of what's going on with Ghislaine and Jeffrey. Yeah. Look forward to my next mystery novel, which I'm co-writing, called <laughs> If I Did It, Jeffrey Epstein Plane Edition. It's a takeoff on the OJ concept, except it's If I Did It, Jeffrey Epstein Plane Edition. So in other words, if I was on the plane if I boarded and, I, it. and I knew that it was a giant predator child trafficking wing, what would I have done? If I, who used to be the man who could command most of the intelligence organizations that yeah. you'd ever need to you know, determine a question like that. If I ran an intelligence apparatus that regularly targeted powerful people by exploiting their most grotesque sexual appetites imaginable as blackmail and was close friends with two of the most prodigious human traffickers in human history and I went on that plane and knew what was going on, what would have happened? That's why it's called If I Did It, Jeffrey Epstein Plane Edition by Bill Clinton. <laughs> it's like the OJ. Y'all remember when OJ wrote that book? He like Bill Clinton when he gets real like pedantic in a fun way. It's just like, y'all remember when everybody's all mad because OJ wrote that book, If I Did It. And everybody said Judith Reed and shouldn't have published it. Well, I thought he should have, because we need a full accounting of what happened, which is why I'm working on a book. And of course, I'm not saying I did, but if I did, what did I know about what was happening on Jeffrey Epstein? (laughs) If I did it, Jeffrey Epstein playing edition. All right. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, he was, you know, the impressions, like the humor. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy... The guy was just funny, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of the time. He was really funny. I mean, and he was he was born in 1983. He was our age exactly. Basically. Oh, wow. Okay. He, he was a total contemporary. Uh-huh. 
And what I saw on Twitter was that David Pakman had actually, uh, apparently Michael Brooks had been, I think he'd been born in New York or something, but then he'd moved out to Massachusetts and he knew David Pakman back around 2012 or something. Uh-huh. And it was actually David Pakman who had in- introduced him to Sam Cedar and got the whole oh, thing wow. started. So there's okay. there's that connection. And, you know, huh. last night we, we probably, we talked about David Pakman and we may have mentioned the Young Turks. We didn't mm-hmm. mention the majority report that I know of, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's never far from my mind when we're talking about these people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I knew of uh, Sam Cedar first because I know he was on uh, Air America. I think he had a show with Mark Marin mm-hmm. um, at the time. So that was the way I, I knew of him, and I knew, of course, of Michael Brooks through that. So uh, yeah, but I, you know, back in the back in the Bush years, there was a lot of stuff going on that we were not necessarily privy to. You know, mm-hmm. there was, you know, Ezra Klein was out there blogging. Um, you know, um, Jenk Uger was out there somewhere starting Young Turks, um, mm-hmm. you know, Janine Garofalo and, and Sam Cedar were, you know, hosting whatever iteration of the, 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 the majority report that they were doing at that time. And like, mm-hmm. there was the beginnings of the, the seedlings or if you will, of the, whatever, what we have of the left wing media scape, alternative media scape out there. Uh-huh. was already being laid back in like, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006. And we were, you know, we were left wing. We were politically active. We were engaged, all this stuff. Um, and we didn't really know about this stuff. I started, you know, becoming aware of it back around 2011, 2012, 2013, you know, mm-hmm. got got hyper involved around 2014, 2015. And so and until today. Mm-hmm. And then and it, I think it was in 2014, you and I were sitting out on your porch talking about the idea of probably, you know, something that would eventually permutate into the, the, the Rob Burgess show here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, yeah, I know, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but. Oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. That definitely put the, put the seed in my head for sure. So. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I can't tell you if I was thinking about any one show of these particular, in particular, I don't know what I was thinking about back then, but it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I had this idea of just, you know, people like us, who talk about these things talking about them before a wider audience. I saw the, I saw the news in between my, like in the middle of my seven thirty class. And then I was just like, I was distraught in the yeah. 10 minutes before my eight thirty class. And in my eight thirty class, I was just sleepwalking through the class basically because uh-huh. I was in shock. Right. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I've been a wreck all day. Right. Well, this I guess, is, I mean, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it, it is kind of, you know, if there is any silver lining or whatever, it's like there are the archives of what you do in spaces like this out there. Whereas with like radio and stuff that just kind of went into the ether and then no, no one, you know, whoever heard it, heard it. And that was it. But I feel like at yeah. least, you know, with the digital media escape we have now, it, it is sort of a time capsule. Um, so yeah. we can go and, you know, explore the archives and that. So. I think the problem with that, though, Bob, is, frankly, um, you know, these kinds of shows are topical. It's day to day. Right. You know? no, no doubt. I, I don't know what the, you know, the, the, the online publication, The Daily Beast, I don't know what that means. I think it's a literary reference to something. I don't know what yeah, it I means. Heard, but... I heard that explained. It was from a novel or something. It's like a, it was a fake newspaper from a novel. I forget what it was. Um, yeah. Well, to me... In my mind, before I had heard it explained and then forgotten it all, it it means, 
you know, the daily news grappling with the, the events of the day. That's the Daily Beast. And the, mm-hmm. the Daily Beast keeps moving, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the metaphorical Daily Beast, not the actual publication. Yeah. So they got Hillary Clinton on their on their board. Mm-hmm. Or Chelsea Clinton, rather. <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> but my, my point is, like, nobody's going to go back mm-hmm. and listen to five years of three-plus-hour-long podcasts about what was going on at the time in the day yeah unless they're a historian who's focused on this kind of thing you know the people who saw michael brooks while he was alive those are the people who saw him the people mm-hmm. who didn't they're not going to know him and that's mm-hmm. a sad story mm-hmm. but i do think that for the next 20 years there's going to be people like us people like the young turks people like david Pakman, people like you know um i don't know just all of them who are, this this guy's going to be a touchstone mm-hmm. for, for left wing thought, and I think that may be the legacy. So, you know, it's a bit soon to try to you know extrapolate what his legacy might be, but I think that that might be part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I saw where his family was going to form some foundation, so it'll be interesting to see what form that takes. So. Yeah. I mean, like, Bob, what I mean, what kind of media do you consume on a day to day basis? Because I'm just, you know, um, like I, I watch the Young Turks. I watch the David Beckman mm-hmm. show. I watch the, the, the majority report. And there's a couple others like Secular Talk, you know, mm-hmm. the Humanist Report. There's a couple of others that I, I fuck with a little bit, too. But it's like those uh-huh. three are kind of like the main rotation for me with a little bit of Honestly, MSNBC mixed. Yeah. In. Honestly, I don't I think it's probably because I work in news that I probably, my sources are a little more mainstream. Uh, and then I, after the fact, kind of come to what you're talking about, that kind of independent media stuff. But I think if I was not a media worker, you know what I mean? Like I probably would just consume it through that lens. But since mm-hmm. I have to present it myself as, you know, objectively as I can initially, I, I do have to kind of intake it you know, kind of from the mainstream New York Times, Washington Post, AP, you know, that kind of stuff. And then after the fact, you know, I usually come to the same place. I feel like that the independent people do, but I don't I don't consume it usually first that way. Like if I wasn't somebody who was a journalist, I probably would just like watch Bill Maher and, you know, do the Young Turks and Secular Talk and Majority <laughs> Report and all that stuff. You oh, know what God. I mean? But, I mean, I, hey, I like me some uh, Bill Maher, too, but frankly, the, 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 the uh, majority report is not his biggest fan. They <laughs> haven't been for a couple no, of years. No, I know. <laughs> it's a, that's it's a not complicated exactly, world. He's on, H- but, he's on HBO, so it's not exactly independent, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I know. But, I mean, the, those shows and stuff are for people that want, they want to know what's going on, but they don't want to have to sift through everything. They just want to hear it from the people that they like to hear it from you know and i totally understand that uh but well, I, don't, I, I think, you could, I think get... you could say the same thing about a lot of mainstream stuff too though mm-hmm. you know they want to hear it from the people they want to hear it from mm-hmm. and they don't want to really examine the biases of some of those people mm-hmm. and you know i mean there's there's stuff like frankly there's stuff in the left-wing media sphere that um, you know, I take with a grain of salt when they get on certain mm-hmm. topics or what have you, or they go off on certain tangents or rants or something like that. I, I take it with a grain of salt because, you know, I have some different knowledge about some of that stuff or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I still think, you know, I don't know to, to get, 
the I, I think the thing is you can't report on an administration like the Trump administration straight. That does a disservice to everybody's understanding. Mm. The man is a massive idiot, and you have to go into every every interaction with any media involving him understanding mm-hmm. that and dealing with people who won't pretend otherwise right uh-huh. people whose job it is not to pretend otherwise so mm-hmm. i think you know to some degree that's the value of it yeah i would i would the only counter i would say to that is that sometimes if i get too deep into that then i don't then when i encounter somebody who only watches fox news or gets their you know information from the right-wing version of what you're talking about i usually have no idea what they're talking about at all and i i still don't usually but you know what i mean like it's like i just feel like so disconnected from what yeah. they're i bob I, I feel that when, I, when i'm consuming a straight msnbc diet i feel the same thing mm-hmm. but I, I i think on the left wing quite often i mean on these on these media sources they do they cover like whatever the latest uh, worries and fears of the right wing are and so you, uh-huh. i think you do get you you get a window from them into what's going on and especially on you know, the majority report, there's a lot of kind of like sarcastic um, understanding of where these people are coming from or something. I, th- I think you get a little bit of that and stuff. So, mm-hmm. right. I don't right. know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I think like, I think you can consume this media. And as long as you maintain, um, you know, your critical capacities, you can still mm-hmm. uh, function without... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I think you can still consume it somewhat objectively and, you know, mm-hmm. realize what's an opinion and what's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. that's probably true. So, yeah. Anyways, I think this is a seismic, seismic event in the media sphere. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, I, I didn't really think about it. I mean, like, before, Michael Brooks was an important person, sure, but I never thought about, like, I mean... I never really thought about losing someone like him. He, you know, he's our age. He's young. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, not the age to go. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't sick as far as I knew. Like, no, I, th- I think it was, it sounds like something rather abrupt. Whatever yeah. it was. So right. it's a scary world out there, but, yeah. um, but, um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> everybody's talking about it today. You know, the Chapo Trap House, uh, you know, the Majority Report, obviously, the Young Turks. You know, I haven't seen some some people. I'm going to have to wait until tomorrow's episodes get dropped, I'm sure, to hear their take on it. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's 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 massive. Mm-hmm. But like well, like I was saying, you know, this this is a guy who, you know, I, I hadn't considered him leaving us like this in a way. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't considered what the ramifications of that would be. And, you know, today having to confront that, I'm starting to it, it, it's it's reinforcing like how important this dude, you know, he wasn't just a guy that I sometimes agreed with and sometimes didn't or whatever. Like he was a voice in a movement that had reach that we're only now beginning to understand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of blathering at this point. But well, no, I, yeah. I yeah, I mean, it was like you were saying before, you have no idea when you're doing a show like this who's listening i mean i can see like the stats or whatever but i don't hear back from every single person who listens all the time and some people will tell me they've been listening for a long time who've never said anything before and it'll just kind of come mm-hmm. out of the blue you know yeah. and our so, youtube mentions bob are anemic i'm sorry to say it's like you know yeah, youtube if, if, if is not you're my, on twitter to try to figure out who's listening 
you know, once, you know, once a year you might get a, a sliver or something, but it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Well, YouTube's, yeah, not really my format. Cause I mean, I do just post the audio with a picture on it, so it's not very dynamic to watch or whatever, but it is just another place for it to exist. So, um, I'd say audio is more, you know, the, the forte or whatever, but yeah. you know, I've, I've had Joy Reid from MSNBC retweet some of my episodes and, you know, there's other people, uh, you know, most of the centered around Sarah Kensinger, of course, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's found its way into some unlikely places. I've had Martina Navratilova, the tennis star. I know she's listened before, so. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's well. Just, you know, let me know when some of these things happen, because I, I, I'm in the dark. I have no idea who's listening <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I just I just feel like we had to comment. We just recorded last night and then, you know, less than 12 hours later, this shit happens. And right. this is massive. It's absolutely massive and it's fucking depressing. And it and it really, you know, like I said, it changes to the degree that I, you know, think that we could achieve some things with this show as far as, you know, getting in, getting into Mm -hmm. the club, getting to meet some of these people who are up there at the top level doing this stuff. You know, that dream has been um, lessened a little bit today. Mm -hmm. Right. The thing, the people that I thought we could meet, the things that I thought we could talk about, the conversations I wanted to have, the questions I wanted to ask this guy, if we ever made it or something, Mm -hmm. that's all off the table at this point. Right. And that's fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we got to grow the show bigger before <laughs> anything else happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, Bob. Have you ever looked into like licensing music or something? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it would take. Uh, honestly, you can probably do it uh, just if you don't want your videos to be monetized on YouTube. Yeah. A lot of times they'll let you do that, which I'm not making any money off it anyway, so maybe it wouldn't be wouldn't hurt. But <laughs> yeah. What I mean, like, what about the podcast aspect? I mean, would you get takedown notices on the podcast if you drop some um, audio in there? You know, I've actually not actually gotten never on the audio side of it. I've never gotten anything. It's usually YouTube, and it's usually because I think YouTube has some sort of AI that matches. Yeah, they're looking for that songs. shit. Like that, they've got something turned on where it's like the second I post it, there's a copyright claim. You know what I mean? So it, it, I don't think it's somebody listening to it and doing yeah. that necessarily. And I've won every copyright dispute I've ever had. Um, well, except for a couple and I just took them out of the episode, but, uh, for the most part, if you just dispute it and, you know, like <laughs> I've started getting ones on my theme song and I have written permission from the artist. So, you know, yeah, that's insane. That's insane. But the, so the, I'm, so the I'm sure, I'm sure it's not him. I'm sure it's just the AI, whatever that says song detected or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, I think, like, you know, you know, having a having some variety in music, having some theme songs. Or something, mm-hmm. If I had to put a song for this episode, I would I would put Offspring's "Gone Away" here on this one. I've, I've just kind of been blasting that on repeat this afternoon. It mm-hmm. was, you know, very depressing and stuff. But uh, I don't know, you know. As mm-hmm. far as you know, reaching that reaching that higher level, I think that that would be one step. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's one one uh, one podcast I hate listen to, which is uh, Angry Americans. <laughs> you told me we about talked this. about that, didn't we? 
Yeah, what are you angry about? I believe you said was his catchphrase. Yeah, he's always like, yeah. If you're not angry, then you're not paying attention. I'm Paul <laughs> Reichhoff or whatever. Fuck off. But this dude is <laughs> this dude is overproduced out the wazoo. Like he, I mean, I don't know how he gets all these songs in there, <laughs> because I don't think he's getting permission for all of them. But maybe he is because he right. seems to be an extremely connected person. But like, he'll, he'll drop any. I mean, and his his drops are just so like obvious and stuff. It's like today we're talking about you know America, and then like. America, you know, it's like it's like a song cuts in with that says America or some shit. It's dumb, but it's like you know somewhere in between angry Americans and what we are now. I think that's maybe where we should be. Yeah, if that makes sense. That does make sense. I, well, I I'm just saying. That, I think we could get yeah. away with a little bit more. Maybe not on YouTube, but no. Yeah. Well, just the audio part. I had well, my my friend Sean did a thing where he remixed some songs, and I got a bunch of YouTube takedown notices. And so I posted the episode without the songs, but then I had the audio version of the same thing and it never got taken down at all. So I think mm-hmm. maybe maybe that is something we could do, like maybe one version for YouTube, one version for the audio version. I hate to make more work for you, Bob, but I do think, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of growing the podcast, what do you think about like doing some kind of like special episode that people would have to like get behind a paywall or Patreon or something. Do you think that's something that's possible? You know, I'm, you know, I'm like, like, how do you, how do you support, you talk about independent media a lot. So like what, how do you support the independent media that you like? Like what is well, your favorite way to do Big that? Big Daddy Chacha doesn't own a credit card. So okay, see, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, and like, this is something that I think uh, that, you know, Michael Brooks and I would have disagreed on is like, I mean, I, you know, I don't think I'm as far like on the socialist side as he is and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. not like this, you know, a, a, a valid socialist or whatever. But I mean, even that motherfucker, like they had, I, I didn't they, I think they had, you know, they had a, a whole, I, I would have to look into that. David Pakman definitely does. The Young Turks definitely do have mm. a, have a paywall for certain content. Right. I'm not sure the Daily Report does, so don't quote me on that. But, you know, and I, but I, and I'm not sure about TMBS also, the, the Michael Brooks show. I'm not sure uh-huh. if some of that was behind a paywall or whatever, but like, you know, you know, everybody out there trying to make money in the system and, you know. That, that, that doesn't make you a hypocrite because that's the system we live in or whatever. But, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, Bob, any, you know, whether it's what? putting ads in, whether it's, you know, endorsing certain products yourself, person to person, whether it's putting stuff behind a paywall, I don't think that you're going to be out of step with what everybody else in the world is doing. I don't think yeah. you're going to be judged especially harshly for anything that right. you do. Okay. Right. So you got my blessing to do whatever the fuck you need to do to. Okay. You know, make this thing as legit and as mainstream as it as it can be. Because I was uh, uh, talking with my buddy Mark, who also listens to David Pakman, and he was kind of brainstorming with me ways of he was that he made it work for him, and he was talking. David about Pakman it. drives me up the fucking wall with his endorsements because you you click on like a three minute video and you get forty five <laughs> seconds of commentary, and then the next you know hour a minute and fifteen <laughs> seconds is this ad. So you think maybe he you does know, too much? Have you guys heard of Blinkist? Have you ever wanted to like? Read a book in 15 minutes or less <laughs> right. and have it summarized yeah, for you because you're just a busy guy on the go like me who doesn't have time to read <laughs> books but wants to be an intellectual. It's like you – know, I mean it's – I mean I love and respect David Pakman, but that shit gets really annoying. And to be honest, like I would watch his content more often if I wasn't having to click away from the video halfway through all the time. 
Right. So don't, maybe that's not the one to do. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but you know, yeah. So you're saying I mean, too many ads can be distracting, but like, but you don't think it's like a disservice because that was always my worry with bifurcating the audience is it's like, you know, it, I'm not going to have that, you know, if I were to have like a Patreon or whatever, I would probably only have a handful of people to start with. And it's like, am I make, I'm making a podcast for like five people right now or whatever. Um, yeah. you know, and it's like, and, and plus I want my stuff to be heard, uh, you know, as much as possible. And, and I wouldn't want to like have some barrier to, to it. I, I like the fact that anyone can listen to any episode right now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And I agree with it too. I just, I don't think that's the industry industry standard. No, I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So what for whatever that's worth. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think you'd have as much problem as like with David Pakman, because the thing is, he takes his show and he clips it down into like 50 different clips per day or something like, well, not you, 50, you, but, you know, do you seven like or eight. that or do you, you do not like that? I, I do like having like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for work. I'm going to put on one eight minute clip and then I'm going to put on another seven or 10 minute clip and then I'm going to go out the door. But, you know, if half of that is ads that I'm going to have to, you know, mm. in the shower, I'm wiping shampoo out of my eyes while I'm trying to find the skip <laughs> or go to the next or go back button and shit. I'm not about that. So right. he but but that's because he cuts his stuff down into these small episodes and then he puts ads in every single section of it. That's right. why it's so annoying I in see. a in a two or three hour thing. If you if you drop in like an ad here or an ad there, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's going to be like looking at you sideways here. Right, right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I just I just hate breaking up the conversation like that, uh, either putting ads in or breaking it into little things, because I like it to be kind of free flowing. And, you know, there's things that we mentioned earlier in a conversation that we then reference later that would be useful to know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, going forward. So I've, I've been squeamish about that, too. But I suppose that's something I could get over if, if that was a good way to go. So but yeah. I'm just trying to look at what these guys are doing and, and trying to see what parts of it I could use for my own purposes well, or whatever. So Bob, it's like, you know, it's like that old movie. If you build it, they will come and you mm-hmm. know, you've built something. How many episodes you got now? 180. Oh, close. 170. This will be 173. So, yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're building it. You're getting mentions from pretty high up people in the, in the media environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why there's a reason why you couldn't take it to that level, right? Right. Well, I think I think most of it is based on the the problem that I see is that most of the when I get traction, it's because I get somebody on like that people know and they would just watch what or listen to whatever that person does. And mm-hmm. I think there is some residue of people that stick around, obviously, because I see it on the you know SoundCloud stats. Like there are people that always come back for the same content and then have started to listen to our episodes. Not that anyone knows who we are necessarily Mm. at first, but, but once they've listened to that more popular one that maybe, you know, you hit the subscribe button and then, uh, you, you know, get whatever's coming next. So I, I guess, I guess my problem is I don't feel like anyone's coming to my show for me. I feel like people are coming more for whoever I happen to have on. I think that's most of when I do get yeah. those those kind of high up mentions and listens, that's usually based on the guest, uh, well, frankly. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think, but, but I, I always mean, try I to mean, get good guests, so I always do try to like aim high in that respect and and try to get good people. But you know, I don't know who is sticking around for the next episode. You know. Yeah. So. Well, I, I I think to some degree, Bob. <laughs> I mean, you're approaching this again as a very journalistic thing. And, you know, there's things that you don't want to do. There's things that you don't want to say. 
And I think sometimes you'd rather have it come out of a guest's mouth. And so bingo. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think, I mean, like to some degree, I think that that detracts from your, you know, authorial voice or something or, mm. you know, whatever. But I, I understand that there's a balance that I don't fully understand that you're trying to maintain there. And so I respect mm-hmm. it and stuff. But but I do try I, to get good people on that. I you know, I'm not going to have somebody on and just let them rant uncritically who I don't agree with. You know, obviously I had Martin Screlly on and that was one of the most popular episodes, not because I agree with him or anything he does, but because yeah. I knew that I could have a good conversation and ask him probing questions. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, you know, when I try to think about all the famous people that you've had on here, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I can't even think of them all. You ought to like compile a list somewhere so right. and post it prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, That's that could good, be part yeah. of the social media effort or something. Say like, you know, come listen to guests such as Martin mm-hmm. Screlly, uh, you know, uh, former presidential candidate, or wait, wait, he wasn't on. He, you you no, interviewed no, him I, separately I, from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could probably interview him again. I mean, I I know his, <laughs> at least I I knew his presidential campaign manager. I don't know if he's still associated with him. But. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> probably working for Biden now. Yeah, probably. Maybe but. he's stumping for Trump. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, don't I, think, know. That, I think that's probably true. I, I don't really put as much of my own opinion into it as I could. Ash has also given me that note before, too. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. But, you know, I, I think obviously what you're doing is working because, you know, you're getting listens from people and people are, t- mm-hmm. you know, respecting it and taking it seriously to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, I again, I, I don't think I, I I could start a show like this, Bob, myself <laughs> under my namesake. And it would probably last about five episodes. <laughs> so, right. you know, you're doing something right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, it's it's not easy. And it's it's definitely had better periods and worse periods where I've had more and, and less episodes. I'm definitely entering a more busier period where I've gotten a lot of things come to fruition kind of all at once. So I'll probably mm-hmm. have in this two-week period with these two episodes, I'll have had five episodes in two weeks, which is a lot for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, keeping it more regular and just trying to get better and better guests. And I don't know. So yeah, a lot Bob, my thing is, I think with a little, with a, a, a good deal of effort, I think you could turn this into a full-time thing. I would like that. Honestly, you know, Mm-hmm. I, I think it could be done. I, and, I, and I think the answer, you know, I don't know how to do it, but I think it's sitting right there, which is just do what everybody else does. <laughs> Product placement, yeah. you know, a paywall at some point, some ads. I, I hate to be that guy, you know, <laughs> Some yeah. someday they're going to look back at Big Daddy Cha-Cha as the Yoko Ono of the Rob Burgess show. But, <laughs> 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 right. but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, you know, you're 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 banging this thing out in your spare time, which mm-hmm. I don't know how you even have any. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it could be easier if this was your main thing. Oh yeah. Well definitely. But I mean ads is another thing that I'm kind of allergic to as a journalist just because it's you know, there's always that separation of or there's supposed to be between the advertising and editorial side and uh, I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of supposed to be that way for a good reason. And uh, I feel like people question your motives if you, uh, I don't know, report on something that you've advertised or you are saying something you don't believe just for an ad. You know what I mean? So. I think there's I think there's two ways around that, Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think one way is to embrace it and find products that you actually enjoy and actually mm-hmm. use 
authentically mm-hmm. that you want mm-hmm. to endorse and you endorse those. And I think the other way is to just endorse anything, even if you truly, clearly, even in the ad copy, don't give a shit about it. <laughs> and people know, yeah, he's, he's paying the bills right now. That's, yeah. that's what he's got to do. I understand. Right. No, I think <laughs> I've know? mentioned this before, but T.I. has a podcast where I, I think that like a good 85 percent of the things that he does ad reads for. I don't think he has any familiarity with the products and he makes that very clear in the ad reads. But like I feel like he's reached a level of fame where that's acceptable and people don't the, the advertisers don't care. They just like the fact that. He has this platform and they're on it and they don't really, you know, he's like advertising male enhancement pills and making it very clear that he has no need for them. Or whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've never tried it myself, but people tell me it's great. <laughs> so, it's like the opposite of like the not only am I the president, but I'm right. also a user or something like, of the I product. Like so much like, I had to buy the company, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, Bob, maybe we can get into those big dick toilets. <laughs> that were such the rage from those Republicans a couple of years ago. Yeah, who who was that? Was that the acting? That was one of the Trump guys. Yeah, yeah, somebody was, in the cabinet or whatever. The yeah, I the think it was the guy between, or something. Like, uh, well, I think it was the attorney general we had briefly between Jeff Sessions and Mike Pompeo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, see, let's see if they need a, a sponsor. Yeah. If you're like <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a <laughs> after a three-hour session in the studio, I gotta take a whiz like a horse, and I mean like a horse. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know like a, like a racehorse or whatever. I, you know, That's there's a way. There's a way to do it. Oh, sure. I think another method, Bob, is to 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 make a short-term show like a, a eight-episode miniseries on something, but mm-hmm. then keep it alive after that, and mm-hmm. just pump out like coming soon to you know the wondery podcast is a new thing and you know you, you just pimp out like you know short like epo episode promos for new shows indefinitely because like mm-hmm. i've definitely got some old shows that i listened to a long time ago mini series that you know something will pop up in my feed and i'm like what's this and i'm like oh okay they're they're getting the money to show for some new show that's coming out mm-hmm. i think that's another method so yeah, or maybe if I yeah if I did a limited run series that was more focused on a single topic, you know, and then I don't know, uh, that would mm-hmm. maybe would be you know that's kind of the wondery model, you know, they have the uh, Tiger King one, they have the Jeffrey Epstein one, they're all mm-hmm. short run six episode short kind yeah. of hit in and out, but that doesn't really mean like but they're a network, I guess is the difference. I'm not really a network, I'm just one show. Bob, now, you're, I guess, you're, so. you're thinking too small again, Bob. <laughs> why aren't why isn't the rob burgess network a network yet because this is hard <laughs> enough to put out one a podcast <laughs> yeah 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 well like uh like ariana grande said break up with your girlfriend because i'm bored right oh yeah right right you know <laughs> you know make this your main time job then you can then you can see what you can mm-hmm. do Mhm. yeah Anyways, anyways, I guess, you know, hey, we've gotten a little bit off topic here. This is this is a you know, this is about Michael Brooks and what happened mm-hmm. today, which is a fucking tragedy. Right. But, you know, and it and it led us into a, a very serious conversation, obviously, about, you know, the, the, the future mm-hmm. plans of the show and so forth, the direction and so forth. Well, but it only inspired that because he was kind of doing exactly he, what I oh, he was out there. I mean, like, like he 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 got on the the the, the majority report. And then, you know, after several years of grinding there and doing his thing and stuff, you know, he 
he was branching out. He was going to do some other stuff for himself then. And he was, you know, he, he had collaborations going with like Jacobin magazine. He had stuff going with Anna Kasparian at the young Turks. I mean, he had, you know, all kinds of connections, all kinds of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. I, it, and, and the thing is, I think like, I mean, I mean, with the, with the majority report, like there's him, you know, there's Sam, there's Jamie, there's a couple of other people there and stuff. And like, I don't know, sometimes like, I, I think like, I, I don't know what the future of the majority report even is right now, because I think like, I mean, Sam and him were kind of yin and yang in some degree, like, mm-hmm. you know, Sam was really tepid on some stuff and, you know, and, and Michael was all in on it. And then sometimes Michael, I think, frankly, like his passions got the better of him. And I think the kind of the more measured approach of Sam Cedar was more proper in some cases. And so, mm-hmm. so, but, but anyways, that, that constant, that, that tension between those two, you know, two approaches was a big thing in that show. And mm-hmm. I don't know how, or if they can at all even attempt to replicate that with anybody else. I, you know, it's, it's a fool's era mm-hmm. really. So. Well, it's it's it, I mean, there's definitely a natural kind of chemistry there for sure, and it would be kind of disingenuous just to something you know, kind of wedge something in there uh, haphazardly because there's a void. But yeah, you're right. I don't know. It kind of messes with the chemistry of the show, like how the mm-hmm. dynamics played off each other. So, but yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's a problem for people that have multiple people on the show. I mean, you and I have conversations, but I'm the one constant on the on the show for every episode. So, and I Yeah. usually don't have more than I don't I mean, unless you count that one episode that you and me and Ash were doing it at the same time, I usually don't have more than one guest at a time. So, yeah, we'll have to do another one of those if I, you know, if COVID ever ends and I ever make it back to America again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to record a couple like that. Yeah. Well, right now it's like, uh, is is Trump keeping everyone else out, or are we are we trapped in here with him? You know. No, you guys are you guys are you guys are stuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I if me. I come back right now, I can't come back and do my job. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But well, anyways, well, Bob, I better let you get going and stuff. But um, well, I just you know I I. I couldn't not talk about that. Oh yeah. You know, well, definitely. three or four months, five months later, if we hadn't done an episode before between now and then that would have been something that we would have still had to, had to address. Right. right. Well, so. uh, yeah, well I'll drop in. Uh, do you have any favorite, you mentioned a couple impressions, but do you have any favorite bits of his that I could drop in here at the end? There was one about, um, one of my, I actually, you know, little known fact, I once at one point I actually attempted to call into the show. OK. okay? Um, and this is a little story. And, and I, I, I kick myself for not, you know, successfully accomplishing it. But like the thing was, so I was watching the show live at, you know, one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning over here or something or whenever mm-hmm. it was. And my one of my favorite all time clips of theirs is about this this Republican uh congressional ad or something for I, I forget if it was matt gates or it was it was it was the guy it was a republican down south somewhere who had been in like a marine or a navy seal or something and now he's running for congress and you know he eventually got in trouble for like having bdsm sex with uh with somebody else's wife or something and like uh, oh, uh, i think that photos. was the uh, governor of missouri uh, you might be thinking of yeah 
Well, if you can find the 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 clip where they they had done a, a thing about his ad because he he like goes out and he like fires this mini gun into this lake. All right. Speaking of of bringing people together, ladies and gentlemen, um, you all remember what was that guy's name? Captain what from Pennsylvania? The the um, uh, the guy who would yell libtards and and then fire his machine gun into the side of a uh, of a hill. And he was subsequently fired by his township when they realized, like, oh, my God, our chief of police is a lunatic. Well, why settle for a chief of police who's a lunatic when you can get a governor who's a lunatic? This ad is for Republican nominee for Missouri governor Eric Greitens. I think he's a former, is he former special ops? I'm not sure. The other guy was uh, Chief Mark Kessler. Now, Mark Kessler, he would just go in and, and take the police firearms and uh, semi-automatics and fire it into the side. Got some this work guy, to do, guys. This guy, governor, this, uh, this Missouri governor candidate, Eric uh, Greitens, he actually somehow got a hold of some type of, I don't know if it's a Gatlin gun or, or what it is, uh, but it, it, it looks like, um, and he seems to be firing it into a pond. Just, and that's his whole commercial. You hear someone Isis else habitat. talking about it, but he's just firing it in. I don't know. Maybe he's, like, tearing up some ducks. We can't really see uh, because maybe he missed, and they didn't want to show that part. But uh, here is this ad. It is, um, man, Missouri. Eric Greitens is under attack from Obama's Democrat machine. They're trying to steal another Missouri election. But Eric Greitens is a conservative warrior, and when he fights back, he brings out the big guns. Eric Greitens, a governor who will set his sights on politics as usual, reduce spending, create jobs, protect life, defend the Second Amendment, and fight Obama's Democrat machine in their corrupt attacks. Good news for us, bad news for them. I'm Eric Greitens. Join our mission. Let's take back Missouri. That was um, bizarre. It's kind of existential, actually. I just like he's just staring into the abyss, just firing aimless. Like it was very like American Americana French. There was a certain I, I feel meditation like, on meaninglessness and action there. I, I feel like part of it was tr trying to communicate he's a very steady hand on the trigger because there was no there was no um, he really there was you know. There's no kickback on that gun as far as he's registering it, and there's no, uh, there's no vibrations. He's just holding it, standing still, and his shirt is just sort of blowing in the wind of the, of the, of the, of the, of the rounds that I'm are being fired. I'm a school fired. shooter for the Constitution, man. I did notice, though, that he had to wear protective goggles, which I thought was a little <laughs> Cock. It's just amosexual porn. That's right. The people I worked with at, the, at uh, another uh, gun violence site... Um, who did not like guns and were very much against guns and uh, all of it got addicted to watching YouTube videos of people shooting guns and all different and and people making contraptions with drones and gun, very dangerous stuff. They would spend hours and hours and hours. This was a little bit. This was pretty vanilla as far as that ammo sexual porn goes. Well, right. I mean, it's just enough for somebody. Many buddies to turn their head and say, "Hey, who's that guy? I'm gonna vote for him." I hear a lot of shooting. Mm. Yeah. Another type of sexual. That sounds like bang bang. Um, 
<laughs> no, that's the amosexual thing that they hear the shooting and then they're like, "Hi, oh, this is right. Peter Thiel. I'd like to max out." <laughs> okay, and they just have a hilarious like. Um, Michael Brooks has a hilarious thing. He's like, he's like, there's something, you know. He talks, he gets very deep and philosophical and kind of like uh, existential about what's going on in this ad, and it's just, it's a, it's a brilliant piece. And the thing was at the time when I tried to call in because that had always been my favorite, um, favorite clip of theirs up to that point, just as a contiguous piece of media. And this guy had been gotten, he'd gotten in trouble and I had not seen them comment on his troubles on the show. And so I was going to call in and just say, Hey, this was one of my favorite ads or favorite parts that you guys did. And did you guys, have you guys been following the case of this guy's whatever's going on with this scandal now? So I tried to call in, but it's hard to call into these shows. Okay. Let me just say that because like, you know, (laughs) like, um, I'm, I'm on the phone. Somebody picks up the phone and says, hello. And I'm like, hello but at the same time i can hear the people in the background talking and i'm i'm you know i'm pausing my my ipad so i don't like have the show still going but i'm still hearing them talking in the background <laughs> and i'm not sure who i'm talking to and at at some point they were talking to a previous caller than me or something and they had said something like you know some libertarian or something they said get off the line or turn off the thing or something i don't remember what the situation was but um <laughs> I thought they were talking to me or something because I thought I thought I'd done something wrong. So I hung up like they were just like, who are you calling? Where are you oh, calling yeah. from and stuff? And I'm about to say, you know, it's Big Daddy Cha Cha from uh, from South Korea or something. But, <laughs> you know, I hear this thing in the background and I was able to like when I watched the episode later, I was able to see the part where they were actually talking to the previous caller or something. But I was getting that feedback through my phone and oh, I wasn't no. sure who I was talking to <laughs> and I could hear them in the background. So I wasn't sure if I was on the air and, you know stage fright to some degree took hold and shit but it's fucking sad because that would have been you know that was my chance to talk to the two of those guys mm-hmm. and i'm never gonna have the chance to talk to michael brooks mm-hmm. going forward and right you know, so but yeah yeah that anyways that that's the that's the clip that is one of my all-time favorites of theirs although there's a lot of great clips mm-hmm. a lot of very very funny things i think there's another clip where um uh what's his name uh the former tyt guy who decided that he's a he's a classical liberal now <clears throat> dave rubin dave yeah. rubin uh dave rubin had, right. had he had said something like uh my mind is still like trying to recover from the, the being stuffed full of all these big ideas or something and the, and you know michael brooks just can't hold it together and keeps like repeating this this audio drop or something of mike of dave rubin <laughs> saying this and stuff and it, it, it's a great it's a great thing because there's <laughs> just a lot of subtext there yeah so <laughs> yeah. yeah anyways they, I, made, they made fun of him a lot on that show didn't they <laughs> as as he rightly deserved and i think like and also another great thing is because he, I think he and Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks had a really good connection, and I think part of it was a, just a shared disdain for Dave Rubin because, you know, Anna Kasparian has talked about she had had this guy over to her house. She had consoled and comforted this guy. They talked business. They talked personal. They'd done all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then he just he just leaves the show and goes off the fucking deep end, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. And so so like the the two of them I think listening to this 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 thing of Dave Rubin saying this was also a very funny moment because they just <laughs> they both can't keep it together. Right. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I'll I'll try to send you some clips as I find them and stuff of, of yeah, great send moments me a the show. clip. I'd like to kind of do a, something drop in on this episode for a couple of them. So yeah, all right. Well, thanks for doing this, Bob. I know you're busy there and stuff, but yeah, I think it's a, yeah. you know a worthwhile addition to the episode. You know, the episode was not going out today. We both know that. So <laughs> you can hey, I'm you working can spend on a little it. Won't time. be four months this, this time in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's been a sad day though. For sure. Yeah, truly. Well, yeah, well, R.I.P. Michael Brooks, for sure. So Indeed. Yeah. Rest in power, as everybody's been saying. Absolutely. Poor bastard. I know. I think, you know, that guy, I think that guy had more effect on everything than he will ever know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, than most people realized until now. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. All right. Well, have a good night, Chad. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Bob. All right. Bye. Later on.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.